Tom Maluli is an investment advisor representative with Maluli Asset Management. All opinions expressed by Tom and his podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Maluli Asset Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Maluli Asset Management may maintain positions in securities discussed in this podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number 351. I am uh, your host, Tom Maluli, and joining me today is my co-host, Tim. Tim Maluli. good afternoon. Hello, everybody. Market got a little rattled yesterday with, uh, with nothing more than a headline. There was news uh, about potential changes to capital gains tax rates. I was I was surprised to see that people seemed surprised by it because this was something that was talked about on the campaign trail with Biden and his administration. It's not a new situation that that's coming up. And also the market yesterday opened and went down. It was it was down about 300 points and then worked its way almost all the way back to even and this was all before the news, and then it was almost flat for the day, and then the news came out, and then it went back down like an, another 300 points. So like people are saying that the market got really freaked out by this. It's like it just it just went back down to where it was earlier in the day before the news even happened. So yeah. like it, and today <clears throat> we're back up a couple hundred points. So like right. it's yeah, it was and just a quick like cough, you know, which is like oh yeah, we need to get that out of our That's system. That's a good analogy. I was, like you, a little stunned to see market followers say a surprising development yeah. that the Biden administration is proposing doubling the capital gains tax rate on people making more than a million dollars. For goodness sakes, this is April of 2021. We heard this in June, right. June yeah. of last year. I guess in a sense, it, it maybe, you know, we, you hear so many things on the campaign trail that you don't actually expect them to bring them up ever again once they get into office. So maybe the fact that it's like, oh, wait, he was serious about that. I keep thinking yeah. of that scene from uh, my cousin Vinny when he's uh, getting getting railed at by the judge. You yeah. were serious you, about that? Right. Yeah. So, so maybe in that sense, it is surprising to people, but the... The number that you just said to people that make over a million dollars, that's make over a million dollars, not people that have over a million dollars of net worth. Yeah. It's you have to make annual income. Th- like how many people out there, you know, it's like the not even the top one percent. It's yeah. like the top point something percent of people out there. Uh, point point three percent of taxpayers. So a it half would of less than a half of one percent of all taxpayers. Now, only half of the people in the country file taxes. Right. So we're really talking about a quarter of 1%. I guess people, maybe maybe they see this and they everyone likes to go to extremes. So they, they sort of extrapolate like, oh, well, if this is just the first step. Like what's coming after that? And, and then, you know, you can extrapolate that pessimism or that, that line of thinking out to like, oh, well, they're not going to stop there. But. So these are, it's a good segue because these are, are I call them pain points, mm-hmm. the things that people like to worry about unnecessarily. Right. I mean, depending on the client and the relationship I have with the client, I can kind of kid around with some of these folks and tell them, you know, you need a hobby. 
Right. Like stop watching the market so closely mm-hmm. because you're going to just twist in the wind and drive yourselves batty by following every news headline that, that comes out. So, yeah, yesterday the, uh, <clears throat> the headline was that the Biden administration is proposing raising, and in this case doubling, the capital gains tax rate to something over 39%. But the devil is in the details, and right. that's what we don't have. Right. We don't have any—we have a headline. We exactly. Don't, we don't have any details. It's just the top line of what's actually—what what, what would actually happen. Yeah. So my first question was, uh, okay, is that a million dollars in gross income, or is that adjusted gross income? Right. Is that taxable income? Because that shrinks the already 0.3% even lower. Yeah. So they didn't say. Right. Because because they don't know yet. Exactly. They don't. <laughs> this is know. just an idea. <clears throat> it's a it's a skeleton. It's an outline right now. It's a proposal. That's all it is. Yeah. I think we mentioned this a, a couple of episodes back, but I know when I was in high school, one of my homework assignments every year in January was to watch the State of the Union and take notes on what the president at the time would be proposing, and it's like a freaking Christmas list. The way these presidents come up with all these wishes that they want to see. So the president can propose all the laws he wants. He doesn't make the laws. Right. And he doesn't enforce the laws. That's judicial. Right. So the legislature, the House and the Senate are the ones that actually make the laws. Right. So he can propose anything he wants. And whether it's Biden or Trump or Obama or Bush, whatever, it doesn't matter. They can propose anything. So it's always going to be detail light. It's never going to look like that in the in the finished product if there is one. Yeah. And so a lot of people worry and they get that itchy trigger finger when it comes to their investments, when it comes to this stuff. So when a president puts together a proposal – you know, it still needs to be packaged, presented in the House as a potential law or a change to law. So it's got to get written. That's going to take some time. Yeah. And then it has to go through subcommittee. That takes some time. Right. And they're going to wrestle with it and figure out the math on what works and how this is all going to come to be. Yeah. And then... You know, because it's Washington, they have to add in some pork. doesn't matter if you're Democrat, Republican. They're going to tack on other things to go with it. Mm-hmm. And then they start taking straw votes. Like, okay, how many people would vote for this in its current form? Yeah. How many people would not? You know, and they, they try and gauge, like, where they're at. And then the real votes actually take place in the House. And if it passes the House— Then it got, goes to the Senate. Yeah, it's got a whole that, nother cycle. Yeah, so it's it's not a—there are a lot of stops along the way from proposal to, okay, this is now the law. And it's also—you know, we, we talked about this in terms of um, when they were talking about, like, the corporate tax rates and when tax changes right. from a couple of years ago. When taxes go up or down, corporations and also— you know, you can tie in individuals here for this this matter. They're not just going to put up their hands and say, well, wave the white flag, like, all right, taxes are higher now. Like, I guess we can't make money. I guess we can't figure out a way to, like, work this in our favor. Like, even if this does go through all the necessary steps and comes out in, in some form or another, 
there's going to be people out there, individuals, you can work with advisors, there's going to be ways to figure out how to best uh, approach or change the approach when these things get put into place. Like it's, yeah, I don't know, there's, I think people just see the headline and, and overreact. To me, that says more about their, how they were previously aligned in their investments than it does about like what's actually being proposed. Like you said, it's an itchy, itchy tr- trigger finger to want to pull the plug on some of your investments and stuff. It's like, well, maybe those weren't the right investments for you in the first place. It was pretty funny just to kind of take a walk down memory lane yesterday. I saw the market go down, then it came back, then it started going down sharply in the afternoon. And I'm like scanning through everywhere to see what headline did I miss that would make this happen. And I saw, oh, Biden tax proposal on capital gains rate. And I'm like, we we knew this. Right. We knew this already. And so it it was honestly astonishing to see reporters, market reporters point to that as the reason why the market was going down. Wait, I mean, look, you know, we're sitting here in Wall Township, New Jersey. We knew about this last summer. This should not have come as a surprise. I think it's, there needs to be something to worry about when it comes to the markets. I mean, whether it's we, we had the stretch of a couple weeks where it was inflation, and then it was rates rising and rates falling, and uh, the Fed and what they're doing, and the new administration. And now we're seeing you know this, this headline about capital gains right. tax rates. Right. So there's, there's always something that people think is the driving force behind the market and, and what's sending it up or down. Um, but it's, it's never really just that one thing. It's really stunning. <clears throat> to see the way decisions get formed in people's minds. So, you know, we talked to a couple of folks yesterday who wanted to know, should we be making changes to our portfolio based on this? I can tell you that that percentage of taxpayers, 0.3%, yep. not, not 3%, that's 0.3, so less than a half of 1% of taxpayers are going to be impacted by this. That's about the same ratio in our book of clients. The right. same kind of, you know, we may have one or two, three clients who have, let's just use adjusted gross income or taxable income, uh, that are going to be impacted by this. I think that the fear, like you had mentioned a few moments ago, is that, well, maybe they lower that threshold to 800000 they're coming for us next. Yeah, we're next. Right. Right. Yeah. And and where do they get that idea from? From the people writing the headlines yep. on, you know, yep. on the media. It's click, like, click on my story and the ad right next to it. Right. Here's why you could be next. Yeah. Film uh, at 11. Yeah. Yeah. I think when people understand how all of this works, they'll, they get a little more appreciation. Appreciation is a terrible word, but mm. in this sense, but- they get a little better uh, gauge of how meaningful a headline that, like that might be. So, I mean, even to understand how laws get made, like we just kind of went through a, a back of the envelope uh, sketch to show how laws actually progress through the halls of Congress. Yeah, It takes a long time, and the finished product will not look like what a president just said, you know, in the Rose Garden. Right. So I I think when people understand how laws get made and how government, your government actually works, uh, 
I think people get a little more, a better perspective on, uh, okay, is this really going to impact me? Is it going to impact the markets? Is this something that's actionable? At the moment, it's not. We live in a society where it's sell first, ask questions or get details later. It was pretty surprising to see the market go down as fast as it did. But that's also a reminder, uh, Tim, I'm sorry to cut you off, that we saw the market go down about 1%, mm -hmm. a little over 300 points in minutes. I stepped away from my computer for, I think, 10 minutes. We were... It was while we were recording a video right. yesterday, and then That's I right. came back and sat down, and you you looked at uh, the little ticker on the Wall Street Journal's website, and it was just a straight line down. Right. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like you said, what happened? Yeah, and so it's a it's a reminder when we do get these kind of moves in the market of what happened last spring. Mm-hmm. You know, when we saw the market go down seven percent, seven percent you know, for a couple of days in a row, and then a 10% down day. Some very, very frightening moves, and it happened very fast. And so uh, I've adopted a phrase that I heard early on in my career, that the market takes the stairs on the way up, but it goes down in the elevator. I mean, it goes down fast. This is the kind of stuff that can happen. If everybody decides to hit that sell button all at once. Yeah, it gets people, people can uh, get worked up into a panic. Everyone just piles in or piles out, you know, yeah. takes their money out. Yeah, there's a, there's always things that we think are going to have a bigger impact on on the market in general than they usually end up doing. Like if you if if you look at even this story from yesterday, I mean, if you didn't even if you didn't pay attention to what happened yesterday and you came back and looked at the market today, you wouldn't have any idea that anything happened at all. That's right. It's been less than 24 hours and it's already been worked out of out of market history. <laughs> yeah. I think you know? everybody's come to their senses like, oh, wait, this is just a proposal. It's like, relax. They can propose the president and his administration, no matter who's in the office, yeah. can propose anything they want. Right. I propose we're, we're going to move the White House to Jupiter. I, yeah. Like, I propose we're, okay. going, we're going to build a big, beautiful wall, and there'll be a, a beautiful door in the middle of it. Right. You know, or... Yeah. Whatever. I Fill mean, in the blank. Yeah. You know, anything. They can propose anything they want. It doesn't mean that it's actually going to happen. Right. Um, but some of the things that you, you touched on are things we've had to wrestle with over just the last couple of weeks. Uh, rising rates. People think it's the end of the world. Well, we're going to get inflation. Okay. People are starting to, I think, incorrectly realign their investments because they're expecting high inflation. I think I would wait. Yeah. Before we get an answer on that. Yeah, they've been how long have have people been expecting higher inflation? I mean, we've been shooting at a 2% inflation rate goal for how long now and it's been under it for 10 years. Yeah. So you could be very early if you're repositioning your account for inflation. Yeah. I don't know. At, at some point, you just become wrong, not early. I mean, there there are all these things that we were just talking about that people think will impact or move the market. Ben Carlson wrote something yesterday about like two very underappreciated factors that drive the market. And the first one that he pointed out was just demographics of like the, the age disparity of like who owns these assets, right? You know, there's more and more with the baby boomers going into retirement, and now the bigger 
millennial generation and the generation in between, like those underlying demographics seem to be holding the market steady more than just inflation. It's just like, well, who owns all of this stuff? And like you think about where they are in their life cycle and it's like, well, maybe maybe this could last a little longer than people think. Sure. The demographic story is is really important. If you've never looked at it before, you really should. And uh, we kind of poked fun at Harry Harry Dent a couple of weeks ago in the podcast, but he has built most of his models, rightly or wrongly, on demographics. Mm -hmm. That the baby boomers are, 20 years ago, they were wealth accumulators. And so you really needed to be in the market because the market was going to go. It's easy after the fact to connect the dots and say, see, I was right. Right. Uh, but he is now forecasting that baby boomers are now retiring at whatever number per day, that they're going to be de-risking their assets. So that, so that would mean that they would be selling their stocks, which would mean they're going to right. – the boomers are going to tank the market. Right. Net sellers. Thanks, boomers. Well, yeah, but – for every seller, there's a buyer. So right. who's gonna, who's on the other end of that transaction? Probably a probably boomer. the next. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe another boomer, but also potentially someone currently in their in their wealth accumulation phase. Yeah, um, it you know it's cyclical. If you go back to the '90s and the previous generation was rapidly de-risking. So through the '80s and then well into the '90s, we saw the boomers really moving into wealth creation and wealth building uh, stage. That was the time for boomers. These are people who were born after World War II up until 1962. Uh, that's when people really started to. Uh, move into that phase. And we saw a lot of folks that were in the World War II generation, the greatest generation. Right. They they were actually massively de-risking. Right. Sold, a lot of people sold annuities to these folks. If you steal the script and say, well, this is now going to happen again, there's a problem with that. Right. Because in the mid-90s, in 1994, you could get a one-year CD that at your local bank that paid six percent. Yeah. Now it's 0.6 percent. Right. What do you do? Are you going to de-risk into that? Right. And yeah, I was going to say like retirement in general is has changed so much from from then until now. Right. Um, one, it's lasting longer. Yeah. So you need your money to last longer. And two, your point as well, like you're not earning as much on these safer investments. So I mean, we tell we tell clients here, yeah, as you retire, we're going to slowly bring down the risk on the account, but it doesn't mean we're jumping all out of the market because like if you're going to be retired for 30 years, we need a significant portion of that still in the market to keep up with whatever level of inflation over time. It, it's not just going to be a quick everyone sell all your stocks and jump out. And there's also the the factor of what they call the real return on an investment. And when you're in a, a certificate of deposit, you are essentially taking no risk. You're you're parking the money at the bank and you're expecting to get it back in three, six, 12 months, something like that. Your real return should be somewhere between, should be somewhere between a half of 1% and 2% over the rate of inflation. And 
I spent the entire decade of the 90s trying to explain this to people because they said, why can't the bank go back to paying 4% or 5% or 6% on CDs? I'm not going to, hey, I'm not going to be greedy, Tom. Like I remember getting 15 or 16% on a CD. I'm not going to be greedy, but I'd like to get 4 or 5 or 6%. Why can't they do that? Because because there's no inflation. Thank you. Because you were able to get 5, 6% on a CD because inflation was 3, 4, 5%. Five. Yep. So when yep. you factor that in, like you said, real return, yeah. you're getting somewhere in between maybe 1% and 2%. So understand that if we do see CD rates again at 4, 5, 6%, we're going to go through a world of hurt to get there. Right. We're going to have a lot of inflation. A right. lot of inflation. Yeah, Fed's going to have to raise rates. They're going to have to choke off the economy. It's what's the saying? You, I hope you don't get what you wish for. Just or, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, right. So that could wind up really biting you in the fanny. Yep. That's the message for episode three fifty one. A lot of people worrying about pain points that they they may not necessarily have to worry about. So take it one day at a time. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>